All right. Good morning, Rabbi It doesn't matter. There's somewhere in the world that it's morning right now. How's everybody doing? It's great to see Binyamin Schwartz from the Five Towns. I haven't seen him since they changed the clocks. Mitch! You know, I asked about you. I went to the bank. I'm not kidding. I went last week to Fifth Third. They said, he's not, I said, I want to see Mitch. Where's Mitch? He said, Mitch, well, you haven't been there in two years, my friend. That's right. I haven't been there. How you doing, Rev Mitch? Um, Eli Deichman, Yishkoyach. Today's Shir, Lili Nishmas, Imi, Yerusbas Mordechai. It's one of those nail biters because as soon as the shear is over, I have to go pack because, of course, I didn't pack yet. Today's shear sponsored by Ira Greenstein, Rufua Shlema, for Reb Moshe David Ben Bela. I've noticed that these Rufua Shlemas, they're starting to pour in a lot more than usual. Um, I just found out that a woman who lives directly below me, one floor below me, not Mrs. Epstein, who's two floors, directly below me, she was nifter from COVID. An older woman, woman, uh, it's, we got to take this seriously, Rabbi Isai. Today's share is sponsored by Mark Bernstein, Lezeich Nishmas, Avi Moiri, Henry Bernstein, Svi Ben Aftoli, Olavat Shalom, on the 30th yard side of his Ptiro, his Neshama should have an Aliyah. And by John Gruen, not related, Yardside of Gershon Ben Yosef Yehuda. The Neshama should have an Aliyah. So, you know, I uh, got up a little early to prepare today's daf. Uh, it's a 10-hour difference for me. Instead of 12 o'clock a.m., 2 o'clock. So I figured I'll get an early start. And uh, sure enough, look who shows up at my front door with all his daughters and his wife. Shalom Aleichem. What was I supposed to tell him? Uh, come on in. We'll prepare the shir a little later. It's Givaldic. So this is Avi Mandelbaum, if you don't recognize him. Avi. So Baruch Hashem. Let me just uh, read a few quick emails tonight. Bezer Hashem, I am leaving. Dr. Dauber, you could be proud of me. I know you weren't happy that I drove from my house to my Shver's house and went back into quarantine, but I let my family go because I'm makbid on the stuff. Don't think I'm not makbid. I am makbid, Dr. Dauber. He's shaking his head at no. He's still mad at me. Okay. Can't win them all. Uh, let's see what we're going to do today. Mm. Oh, from John Gruen. Uh, I'll try to skip around here. It's kind of long. Thank you very much. I've, um, Yaakov Yehuda Gruen for the Yard Side of Gershon and Yosef Yehuda. A Talmud Chacham. He's explaining who this uh, the, the Yard Side is. A Talmud Chacham that studied in the DJ Shiva before the war and became the ritual director at a large conservative shul in Southern California. I know I'm going to get an email from Jonathan Stefanski about this. Valley Beth Shalom. He was able to influence the congregants to keep kosher, because his dad also did a similar thing. He was able to keep the congregants to keep kosher, started daily minion, and taught the children for the bar mitzvah lessons. The leader of the congregation wanted to have his hesped in the shul. 1,200 people attended. It was the only time ever that they allowed a hesped in the shul. He was an anov, a brave man, who kept his emunah through the shoah and helped rebuild Yiddishkeit in the post-war era. Valley, I decided your shir was the perfect modality to celebrate his yard site 
as you, as a shepherd, have successfully brought so many lost sheep back to Torah education at Groysen Shkoyach, hope to meet you after this Machlez Oysen Fertig. Yaakov Yehuda Grun, that's in Yiddish, when this Machlez is gone. Halavai, very soon. Um, what else? We have from uh, Ben Lapidus, Chashavi uh, Yungaman in Lakewood. I don't know where he lives now. Uh, he's just saying, maybe it was called his dog. I, was, I, I brought a tremendous raya from Shmuel. He had a dog. All these people that are anti-dogs. By the way, I heard that in Chicago, I don't know about the rest of the world, because of COVID, many from people bought dogs. In fact, in Ramat Pichemesh, it's the fun, I, I don't have a, I need to take a picture. There's a guy with a frack and his hat and the beard and he walks the dog as if this is normal stuff. In Ramat Pichemesh, it's almost normal. Maybe it's called his dog because he wasn't moicha on his neighbor. You hear this, Talmud Chacham? Because, just like the Gemara says, Parasit Rebbe ben Azariah, they called it his cow, even though it wasn't Rebbe Lozab ben Azariah, because he didn't, he was a moicha. So, you know, everybody with their pshatim, I just learned Pasha Pshat in the Gemara, Shmuel had dogs, Dovra Melech certainly had dogs, because Shlema Melech asked what we should do. The body of Dovra Melech was laying in the sun, and the dogs were hungry, and they're going to eat him. All right. Let's, let's go weiter. Um, today, if you noticed, our statistician, our in-house statistician, David Feinberg, he tells that it's 300 daf from the daf base of brachas. So, tremendous mazel tov to everybody who's from the start, and if today's your first day, so in 300 days from now, there'll be a tremendous mazel tov. But 300 is a tremendous accomplishment. Today is daf pei gimel. We are holding, no, today's not pay base, sorry. All right, it's a good thing it's not pay gimel, because I didn't really prepare pay gimel. Says the Gemara like this, Gufa, pay base on Aleph, two lines down. Gufa, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Anytime the Mishnah mentions Rabbi Yehuda saying, a Masai, when is this? Like, there's one shita, and then he comes, he follows up with, a Masai, and he kind of explains, or he says, like in our Mishnah, he says, So now we learned yesterday, he's not arguing with Chachamim that you need Das, you need the agreement of the other party when it comes to Erev Tchumim, but you don't need Das when it comes to other Erevim because it's good for the person to have an Erev. You don't need to contact them. They want you to do it for them. So there's no, there's no machlaikas. Everybody agrees to that according to Rabbi Shub and Levi. We saw yesterday is a machlaikas. According to Shmuel, there is a machlaikas. Rabbi Yechon and Omar will, will take 50% of that. A Masai, when it says the word a Masai, lefarish. Then Rabbi Yudh is coming to explain. So in other words, in our Mishnah, that uses the Lashem, according to Rabbi Yechon, he argues on the Tanakhama. The Tanakhama argues on him. Says the Gemara, So this is a very Gishmaki sugya. There are some people that are going to hate this sugya. I actually like it. Because when I was younger, my dad never let me play even kvitlach. He said, oh no, you can't gamble, you can't gamble. Asmachtele kanya, you know, he used to go through the whole sugya with me. And so I never played kvitlach in my life. But it's a common thing, you know. Go stickle poker, a little this, a little that. So is poker... Okay, not okay. So let's see what the sugya says. Says Gemara. But nan. So what are you telling me? The word a Masai comes to explain 
and it's not an argument, but not it says in the Mishnah. It says in the Pasuk that you have to be a pure aid. Al-Toshes Rosha aid. You can't be a Rosha and, and testify. What, are, what consists Rishas? If you're Oiva Averis, you do certain Averis. So, for instance, these are the people that are posulators, Hamisachik Bekubya. So we're going to see the concept of Asmachta. Misachik Bekubya is someone who gambles, uses dice, plays with the dice. You see it in Eretz Yisrael sometimes, like in Beis Yisrael, they, they throw dice on the floor. They're literally, they're, they're gambling on what number is going to come out. Gambling. What's the problem with gambling? This is of a since no one thinks in their right mind that they're going to lose. They're the professional gambler. They know how to do it. They know how to beat the house. So Mamela, he's not willing to give up his money. So if you take his money, you're stealing. You, when he loses to you, you are stealing because he never gave up. He thought in his mind he's going to come out a winner. Had he known the outcome before he started gambling, he wouldn't have gambled. So you're going to say, okay, but we do it, with, you know, we're just playing around a few dollars, and that, that's probably the truth. If it's just kvitlach or whatever, you go in, yes, I'll lose $20, we'll have fun, give out. But somebody that does this on a consistent basis, that's a problem, because he really is trying to make a living out of this. He really believes he's going to win, and if he believes he's going to win, that's an asmachta, loy kanya, some say kanya. If you lend money with interest, Obviously, without a heter iska. Umafricha yoinim, according to Rashi, is another way to gamble. You do a pigeon race. Whatever pigeon comes in first, that's the person that wins. Vesoycharishviyas, and if you do business on Shemitah, as Rashi brings, it says, la'achla veloy la'schaira. You could eat the food from Shemitah, but you can't do business with it. Omer Yehudom. A Mosai reminds me of the tuna fish story, but we're not going to go in there. The tuna was for business, not for eating. You guys know what I'm talking about. Whatever. We can't repeat the same stories, even though it was probably a year ago. Comes Rabbi Yudah and says this word that we're discussing. A Mosai. So is he coming to explain or is he coming to argue? L'chayr, he's arguing. We just said that a Masai is an explanation. But look, he argues. When he doesn't have a job, Elohi, the only job he has is gambling. Now, what's going on here? Because Rabbi Yudah holds Asmachta Kanya. It's his problem. He didn't think he's going to lose. That's his problem. But what's the problem here? A completely different problem. The problem is that when a person is not Oisik he's not acting like a normal human being. So he lives in a different world. He doesn't understand regular things. You know, you go, a guy that lives in Atlantic City or Vegas, whatever, he lives in different, they fly him in jets, he's constantly in these suites. He doesn't know what's flying in the real world. They comp him on this, comp him on that, they just want his money. He's flagging when it comes to other people. Rebcheski Rosenberg, Shomalechim, you're in Brazil? Wow, I haven't seen you. I don't think I've ever seen you on Zoom. Beautiful. It's great to see you. Shalom Aleichem from Brazil. So, so a guy like that, he's going to take your money. He's going to do the wrong thing. He doesn't care about his friends. By him, money is nothing. He'll take. He doesn't take. 
he doesn't, he's not Echum and Ayishuv. He's not a regular guy that has a job, nine to five, he knows what it means to earn a dollar. He doesn't understand this. So Mela, he sees your money, he takes your money. And Mela, that's why he's Pasala Eidos. He's a Ganav. But Afka, if he doesn't have a job, if he has a job that doesn't include gambling, he has a regular line At night, he goes a shtickle gambling, he has a shtickle addiction. No, he's still kashalaitis. So that's Rebihuda. It doesn't matter whether he has a job or not. So what do we have? A straight out machlaik is Rebihuda and Chachamim. Whether it depends on if he has a job or not. Chachamim, hold! So there's a problem of gneva in every gamble, every time he throws the dice, every time he puts down money, it's gneva. Everybody says, no, there's a general problem with the guy that gambles, he's not so careful with other people's money. It's a real machlaikas. Yet, Rabbi Yudha uses the word emosai. When does this happen? So you see that emosai is not an explanation. Emosai is a machlaikas. Says the Gemara, no, you're right. Typically, a Mosai is an explanation, but over here, the Rabbi Yudah Omar Rabbi he was just explaining. This is just Rabbi Yudah, is Rabbi Yudah, uh, the Rabbi Yudah Omar Rabbi he, that what? Rabbi Yudah Omar Rabbi holds asmachta loy koina. The Sanya Omar Rabbi Yudah Mishum Rabbi Tarfan loylam ein echod mem nazir. So, what's going on? Again, talking about gambling, it's kind of a gamble move. You know, people that have that addiction, everything, but I, I, I'll bet you that that's blue. No, that's a, so everything, a guy's walking by, and a guy looks at, the, the two friends, they look at each other and say, I bet you he's a, he's a Nazar. And if he's a Nazar, I'm becoming a Nazar. And he says, I bet you he's not a Nazar. And if he's not a Nazar, I become a Nazar. They're depending the Naziros on the outcome of what that guy is. So... So Rabbi says, neither of them are a Nazar because when you say Nazirus, when you say I become a Nazar, it has to be 100%. It has to come out of his mouth straight out, not dependent on something else. Since they weren't sure, so they didn't give it their all, they didn't, they didn't commit to it. So that's it. Over here by gambling, he's not sure whether or not Rashi says he's going to win. He's not, he doesn't know if he's going to win. He's only willing to give up his money if he wins. He's a, a sore loser. So Mela, Reb Tarfin holds Asmach Lekanya. So it's not Reb Yehuda, it's not a Machleg, it's Reb Yehuda Chachamim. It's somebody else. Says the Mishnah. Ketzad. We're doing a new parak. We can stop for a second. Can't get over that. Reb Cheski Rosenberg is still here. Ah, all the way. And Rabbi Torsky, I apologize. I know you're in Chicago. What are we going to do with the COVID matzah? Today we could have actually made a share last night. Who else do we have here? Oh, Yisrael's for Esther. Is that how you pronounce your name? Because I said it once. When, well, you, you sponsored, or there was an email, right? Is it okay? The, the, the... Okay, fine. 
I said, yeah, what, it's like they put me on the spot with this, this, this English stuff. What is a punishment guy supposed to read people's names? Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah. So a guy wants to be the nice guy of the city. There's a lot of people. There's a, there's a Kiddush somewhere. They have to go. There's a there's a Nichum Avelum. There's a there's a there's a big situation of Dvar Mitzvah out of town. He knows people are going to forget. So what does he do? He wants to be Mizak everybody. Nice guy. He puts his barrel. He says this should be for everybody. If you notice, the Mishnah gives two examples of a Dvar Mitzvah. We we mentioned throughout the Masechta that Tchum is only for Dvar Mitzvah. Whether once you make it for Dvar Mitzvah, could I use it for something else? Like, could I go already visit my friend? Or no, I'm mechuyiv to go to the base Hamishta. I'm mechuyiv to go to base Hev. Rashi seems to say that it's he stuck going one way. Now, any person in the city who wants to be part of this, by the way, could Ellie Dykman, somebody like, do me a favor, monitor YouTube for a second. I don't know what's flying here. So anybody who decides to use the Erev, of course, from Erev Shabbos, the Gemara is going to go into that. Mutter. Look, a guy provided. Now, it seems like somebody would have to make a Kenyan for you, like we discussed. Zachan la'adam, you have to make a Kenyan. Somebody else has to do it. Not me, the balabais of the Chavis is going to put down a Chavis and say, oh, it becomes yours. How does it become yours? You have to make some sort of Kenyan. Okay, so there's a Kenyan. But you have to decide this before Shabbos. Meshetach Shach, once it becomes dark, also. It's too late. You can't make an Erev Tchumim when Shabbos starts. Omer Av Yosef, in the Arvin Elod Var Mitzvah, so this is an old line we're familiar with, says Rav Yosef, you can't make an Erev Tchumim only for Mitzvah. What is an Erev Tchumim? In case you're new to Tchum, it's basically shifting your residence to one direction. A person is allowed to go 2,000 Amas, so we shift those 2,000 amas. Instead of saying the 2,000 amas start from your actual house on East 42nd Street, it starts from wherever you place the Eruv. So you place the Eruv away from your house, your Eruv, your piece of bread, your two suudais that you have, whatever, we're going to see the amount exactly how much it is today. So you put that bread somewhere, and then you start counting your 2,000 amas from that piece of bread. This guy went and put his whole barrel there. And whoever wants to use the barrel and say, from the barrel you could go 2,000 amas. That's only for Dvar Mitzvah. My Komashmalon, Tanina. We already learned this. The Mishnah. Now our Mishnah says Mufurish that it was a mitzvah. It doesn't say to go visit a friend. It says he put it down so he could go be Menachem He could go to a Bar Mitzvah or a Chasan or whatever it is. Beis Mishnah. Maybe the Mishnah was just saying it as an example. What does that mean? Because who in the right mind on Shabbos is going to start traveling? It's not the proper thing to do if you think about it. Why, why, why are you walking? It's a problem to walk. You're not even walk on Shabbos like you walk during the weekday. So certainly like to start spazering. I know it's a, it's a minute to go visit a friend. You're supposed to be learning Torah. I don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Not, not walking in the desert. So you're walking in the desert. It makes sense that the Mishnah is saying because you have a very important thing to do like going to Beis Ha'avon Beis But maybe the Mishnah is not serious about it. Maybe the Mishnah is not saying that's the only... I'm giving you a reason, a normal reason why normal people walk on Shabbos. Kamash Malon, that that's the only reason. It's not, it's not a, a good example. It's actually halacha that the only time 
You could use it at Erev Tchumim is when you go in Lidvar Mitzvah. Now, Lalacha, the Paskin, that once you do make that Erev, now you could use it even for other things. So you could say, you know what, I have an Erev to go to the Bar Mitzvah or maybe a Chasen. I'm not going to use it today for the Bar Mitzvah. I decided I'm going to visit my friend. That's not cheating because the Erev is already in place. That's how we Paskin. Says the Gemara Vachol Shekibel Olav Mebaid Yaim. Says the Mishnah that Ruvain places a whole barrel. He's trying to be nice to all the people in the city and he puts it on Erev Shabbos. If you didn't make up your mind on Erev Shabbos, it doesn't work. Why not? Don't we have the concept of Breira? Very Geshmak, a concept of retroactive. That what? I decided on Shabbos I want to use the Erev. That means that Erev Shabbos already, I already knew about the Erev. I knew it existed. I just didn't make up. I didn't make up my mind. Do I want to go to the Bar Mitzvah? Do I want to go? So now that I decide I want to go to the Bar Mitzvah, retroactive, on Friday I already decided that. No? Isn't that the concept of Eim Breira? Yes, Breira. From here you see Eim Breira. The Chaira will be a very strong riot for the Manoma that says Eim Breira. The Yes Breira, because if you hold, you can go retroactive. To Galilee, Muslim Freya, it should become known retroactively. That's exactly what he wanted to do. Don't read it that he decided or not decided. What's the Lushan here? Kibal Olav, Mibayyayim. Not that he's Makabal. He knew about it. In other words, if a person knew about the Erov, then he could decide maybe after Shabbat starts, because retroactive, we understand what he wanted. But if a person never knew about an Erev, there's, no, uh, there's no retroactive on something he didn't know. It, the Erev didn't exist in his mind. So you can't say, oh, retroactively, I want to go to the Bar Mitzvah. It didn't exist. You didn't know about it. So that's the Nafkimi. Nafkimi is whether he knew or didn't know, not whether he decided to go or not decided to go. Omar Very interesting. We didn't think about this so much. But I think we, we, we take it for granted that if you want to, let's say, go to the wedding, you want to go to the Sheva Brachas on Shabbos, you don't have to start involving your children. If the mother makes an Erev, her son, the six-year-old, is like her body, says Rashi. Kigufa. We have this concept of Ishta Kigufai. Over here we see something different. The son is one and the same with his mother. So when the mother makes an Erev, automatically applies for the son. But at what age? Ben Sheish, six years old. Meisvei, wait a minute. So we have a concept. It depends how old the child is, how mature he is. If he needs his mom, then he can't use his mother's Erev. If he's one with his mother, he's a nursing baby, yeah, he's one with his mother. But where does it end and start? So the Gemara explains. We see... By sukkah, exactly how old that is. With Nanamigavi sukkah, not exactly, but Be'erech, Nanamigavi sukkah, Kai Gavna, it says the same exact thing. So once we know what age is it, what age it is, by sukkah, obviously it's the same age by an Eruv, because all we're looking for is what is considered katan shetzarach li'imai. A minor who needs, who comes onto his mom all the time. What does it mean? Kai Gavna, katan shetzarach li'imai, chayab sukkah. Uh, uh, once the minor, the cotton, doesn't need his mother anymore, he's independent. So now he's chayv in sukkah for chinuch. 
and they ask over there in What's the definition? Kid that goes to the bathroom. She doesn't take care of his business. She doesn't use toilet paper, whatever. She does. He doesn't need her anymore. Oh, that is, it's very interesting. It has to do with the bathroom. A kid that's self-sufficient in the bathroom, he's done. He has to make his own. He's chayven a sukkah. And if he's chayven a sukkah, he's chayven a eruv. His mom can't make his eruv for him. When he wakes up in the morning, he wakes up in the middle of the night, he has a nightmare, he doesn't start screaming, Mami, Mami. Even bigger kids, 10-year-olds also, they wake up, uh, you know, whatever problems they have at night, and they, they scream for their mother. It's, it's a lot more than six years old. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, my son, he's 25, he still does no. Okay, fine. Anyway, I'm kidding, Aaron. Just kidding. Take it easy. Even a bigger kid. I don't, I, I'm sure you guys probably saw this. This kid goes, Mommy, 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 Mommy. What? Mommy, Mommy. And finally, hi. So that's what the Gemara says here. A kid that just goes, mommy, mommy, doesn't stop for a second until you come get him. Okay, that's a different level. That's a baby kind of kid. How old is that? Four or five years old. Anything older than that, he's going to scream, mommy, knock on the door, he'll do it a little bit more mature. He needs his mother, yeah. He needs his mother, but he's not going to go with sugar and scream like a two-year-old, mommy, 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 until non-stop. Okay. But what does this sugi tell us? Four to five years old. Meaning six is way out at a maximum five years old. It's somewhere between four and five. So where did our sugi get a six-year-old? Returning to the pay bays, Omid Bays, in memory of my mother, Shendel Bad, Aaron Hirsch, and Brocha by her son, Dr. Alan Listhaus. Hi, Dr. Alan. We just schmoozed. Uh, sponsored by the Austin and Tobias grandchildren. Lili Nishmas, our Bobby, Zissel Bas, Chaim, who's just Nifter, literally Mamish now, Gimel Marcheshvan. She's 98 years old. Great genes over there. All right. Turning to that pay base on base, don't forget to turn. I say it, but sometimes people like ask right after, where are we holding? <laughs> we're, turn, we're sponsoring the turn of the page. Okay? All right, we show over there, Ravi Idi. You know, when did this whole thing start that, you know, couples argue about directions? You see, they had it in the time of the Gemara. In other words, up until five, you're right, it's five, four or five years old. Four or five years old, then the Erev, the, the when a mother makes an Erev, it becomes the child's Erev as well. You don't have to do anything, you don't have to say anything. They're one. Kigufa. Here's the Shiloh. The Shiloh is, there's an argument in directions. The wife says, why don't you ask people? I asked my friends and they said it's to the right. So she, she places Erev, she said, ignores her husband. She's a strong woman. She places her Erev to the east. And the husband says, Meshuggah, you're crazy, I'm going to ask the rat. It's to the west. He places there. So now the kid's stuck in the middle. What do you do? Which area of what's going on here? So now, okay. 
What the Gemara is telling us is that the mother's Erev is what wins out because at the end of the day, he's six years old, he feels more comfortable with the mother, that's his Erev. But when we're talking about automatic Eruvin, an automatic Erev only occurs when the kid is five years old. Says the Gemara, So, we have a, we have a shot. We, we just established that no, automatic Erev is until what age? Five. That's an automatic. The, the question of six, is the, the parents are arguing. Okay. But it says, in the Braisa, the Kama, Again, a katan who needs to come onto his mother, the Erev is automatically his Erev, his mother's Erev. It's his Erev, and how old is that? Ad ben sheish. So let's look at the words. Ad, up until ben sheish. The problem that we have right now is the sheish. We said it's chamesh, and now it says sheish. Is it five or six? Tiyufta the Rav Yeshua bar Ravidi. You're right, Tiyufta. In fact, it's a bam kasha on Rabbi Shubaridi, the first words of the Samad, who says that the, the, the automatic error is up until five. And over here it says automatic error is up until six. Fine. Another problem is those words, ad ben sheish, tiyufta, sorry, Ravasi says even a six year old, and over here it says ad ben sheish. Up until six. Five and 99%, but that's it. Once it hits six, it's all over. And Ravasi is the one that said, a six-year-old. Oh, Ravasi, that's not such a big deal. Adad Bechlau, okay. Famous Adad Bechlau, when he said six. When it says Ad Ben Sheish, it means the entire year of six. Like we call a six-year-old, it means that's already seven. Okay, fine. We're not going to get confused with that. Adad Bechlau, meaning... Don't think that ad means up until six, that anything that includes the number six in it is no good. No, it includes the whole year of six. What about Raviana in Sukkah? We said, it comes onto the mother, bathroom, this, and we said, what is it? Four and five years old. How come over here we're saying six? Says the Gemara Leikashi. When the father is around, then he doesn't need his mother so much. So he has, he has, he could, he's not so dependent on the, on the mother. So male, it's until five years old. That's in Sukkah. The, in Sukkah, the, the father was around. This is in America, in certain communities. The father's not around. So male, he's very dependent on the mother. And there. Then, then you go till six. Ma'ariv, we're talking about Tchum here. Now, the word Ayidei is a little interesting. It would be better if it said maybe, it would be easier to understand. Bishvil, let's say. A person can make an Erev for his sons and his daughters who are Ketanim. Ketanim in this, in this context is... Like we know, Ketanim. We're not talking about four, five years old, six years old. We're talking about bar mitzvah, bas and bar mitzvah. Okay, until 13 years old for a boy, 12 years old for a girl. So in other words, the father doesn't have to ask any permission, as we're going to see. He makes an Erev, Shalma Yisrael. 
He has to go somewhere. He wants to shut the whole family with him. He makes an error. So Ayidei, again, once again, doesn't mean through them. And they're helping him out. Ayidei means for them. Just like a second ago, he said, for his sons, for his slaves. His non-Jewish slaves are real slaves. In other words, he bought them, they're his. It's like, a, it's like having any object. You don't need to ask permission. You just do that, you're even finished. Eviknani, uh, even though he's a guy, he's not a guy because he has the mitzvahs of a woman. So you have to make an error for him. Even though a Jewish slave, he sold himself to, it's the right, it's in Mishpatim, he, he sold himself. But no, you don't own him like you own a slave. You don't own him like you own an animal. It's different. He's more, he's there to help you out. He's your servant. He's not a slave. And you cannot force an Erev on your older son that's more than 13 years old. You can't force your wife to make an Erev. In other words, do a, make an Erev without telling her. You might be able to sell a house without telling her. By the way, I just sold my house this morning. And that's not why I stayed in Chicago. I mean, I have a contract on the house this morning. Uh, I didn't tell my wife yet, but she'll find out from somebody that listens to the share. No, she agreed. She, I think she agreed. I'm not, I think. Ella medaitam. I once, I, I, I told Dr. Allen, listen, I once bought a very nice house in Lincolnwood without telling her. Like I was talking to the guy and I convinced him to sell to me. He said, okay, let's go, let's buy it. And I came home, I was sure that she'd be jumping with joy. Famous house in the neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. She's so upset. What are, you, what are you buying? What are you crazy? So I don't want to live in a house like that. And then, Marty knows what I'm talking about. And then when I try to sell it, she wouldn't let me sell it. Oh, it was, it was, it was a nightmare. Anyway, fine. Hello, medaitum. So, okay, where are we? You need their das Why do you need their das? So that we said already this far before. Because when it comes to Erev Tchumim, it could sometimes be a disadvantage. Why? Because Erev Tchum, you're, what was the word I used? You're misplacing, you're shifting. You're shifting the Erev, your residence, from where you are, where your house is, to another area. But you can only go from that area, 2,000 amas now. Now your residence became that piece of bread, and you go 2,000 amas in each direction of that bread, but that limits you to the opposite direction of your own house. And what if on Shabbos, you decide to go to somebody else's bar mitzvah in a different neighborhood? You can't go. So it's a disadvantage. When it's a disadvantage, I cannot be zoicha, I cannot force my wife and my children that are older to make an error. Tan Very similar, maybe with a little bit more of a knetch over here. You should not force an error, make an error for your older children. And don't do it for your Jewish servants. Don't make an error for your wife. Unless they know. So this we already had word for word. But you could, and this again we had before. You could do it for your non-Jewish slaves. And for your younger children that are under bar mitzvah. Whether they know or they don't know, they're aware of it or not aware of it. So it says over the Brisa adds a few words because they are your possession. 
you kind of own them. Certainly your slave, even your children. They're, they're one with you. What if they made their own Erev to the east? And the master, the, the, the man of the house, he made an Erev to the west. So in a situation where there's two Eruvim, they could use the masters, not their own. That's it. They could say, okay, I want to go to the left. And whatever they did to, by themselves is batalumavutal. If a woman goes to the right, you leave her, let her go to the right. Let her figure out by herself she made a mistake in directions. She cannot piggyback on your Erev. She cannot use your Erev. Why? Because since she has the ability to say, I don't want your Erev, so therefore, when you make an Erev for her, and she made an Erev, she cannot use your Erev. Ask the Gemara, Isha Maishno, well, what about your older son? He could also be Moich, he could also say, I don't want to use your Erev. So why is it that if you make an Erev and your older son makes an Erev, he could use either one? Shouldn't he be like the wife? Says the Gemara, he is like the wife. When it says woman, a wife, it doesn't mean only a wife. It means anybody who has their own das and they're their own people. They're not owned by anybody, such as a wife, such as older children. When they make an Erev and you make an Erev, then they have to use their own Erev. Says the Gemara, Omar Ma'ar, We just learned a second ago, besides a woman, because she could say, I don't want to use this Erev. It's because she said, no. What's, what's a Mecha? Mecha says, I don't, I don't agree with this. I don't want to do this Erev. What if she doesn't say anything? Hostama. If she just closed her mouth, so she could be Yaitza with her husband's Erev. right? You make a simple diuk. It says, because she could be Meicha, she has the ability to say no. But what if she didn't say no? She's parev. Doesn't say anything. So she could use her husband's l'chayra. Now, but if we are medayik from the words of the reisha, it seems differently because it says you need their consent. My love, damriin. L'chayra means they said yes. Consent means yes. And mecha means no. So we have a a little bit of a problem. What about the middle case? The parav case. Not yes and not no. From the ratio, it's mashma that they have to say yes and if it's parav, it's a no. And from the sefer where it says that they have to say no, mashma that if it's parav, it's yes. So which one is it? When it says that they consented, it just means that they were quiet. And that's the halacha. Quiet, being quiet, shtika kaida, we know throughout Shas, being quiet means, I agree. If somebody says, hey, I made an error for you, and you don't say no, yes, you just look at them like a glump, that's a good error, that means you agree, because if you didn't agree, you'd start screaming. What do you mean? I, now I'm restricted. I, I can't go that way, I was planning on going to that bris. You were quiet, that means you're okay. Says the Gemara, wait, wait a minute. It says, by the way, I want to give a tremendous ishkayach. I see there's 65 people on Zoom. It's the middle of, uh, I don't know what, it's uh, 3 o'clock in New York now, in the afternoon. It, it's, uh, I don't know, it's nine, 10 o'clock in Eretz Yisrael. 
It's not the regular time. It's, it's, thank you very much for the support. I really, it's very much appreciated. I know that's hard to, to keep up with my, my traveling. You don't have to. And you came out here. It's beautiful stuff. Shkoyach. Says Gemara. It says that when, when there was a stam, there was a parav, the master, the man of the house made an Erev, it says everybody is yoyz with this Erev. In a parav situation, it's not good. Omarava, the most obvious answer in the world, what do you mean she didn't say no? She made her own Erev to the opposite direction of you. That, that, that's the biggest no in the world. When a person says no, that's one thing. And when a person makes an Erev in the opposite direction of you, that's even worse than saying no. I say, you're completely nuts. You're, you could go that way and I'm, I'll see you later. I'm going in the opposite direction. So that means she was Meicha. Says the Mishnah... Rabbi, if you look carefully at Avi Farkovich, you'll see he's wearing a minadaf thing. Shkoyach. I don't know where you get, where did you get that one? So Uncle Phil is doing business on the side, I hear. Okay. Coming soon to an amazing savings near you. What is this Erev uh, Tchumim going on? <laughs> Whatever. Coming soon to a Walmart near you. Fine. Kamu shiuroi. How much is a tchum? How big is it? How big is this Arab? Mazon shtei suudois lekol echad veechad. So we're familiar with this concept. Two meals worth for each and everybody, each and every person. What kind of meal? Shallots, pizza time. What kind of meal? Mezoynoi lechol veloi leshavas diber meir. It's talking about a vachadik meal, a weekday meal. Not a Shabbos meal. In other words, Remeir is makel. Remeir says, you don't need a giant meal. The fish, and the gefilte fish, and two types of fish, and, and cholent, and, and, and meat, and... No, just the, the sandwich they eat on, on a weekday. Marty Dauber showing the shallots bag. Okay. Divrei Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Yehuda Oimer, B'Shabbos V'Lelechol. I like this a lot. I mean, I'm not a big Shalash Shudas guy, unfortunately. That's one of my big, my big weaknesses, Shalash Shudas. Because by the time Shalash Shudas comes around, I cannot eat. I usually only eat like one, one and a half meals a, a day. And the Shalash Shudas... And Rebbe Yehuda, I think, is saying this exact idea. That people should, not they, not they do, I think he's saying they should. People should eat less on Shabbos because you want to do three meals on Shabbos. So that each meal, you break it up nicely so that you're not, you're not stuffed. You don't have to do that, you know, eating kazayas, stuffing it down with water, making sure it goes down so that you eat to Shal Shudas. You want to come to Shal Shudas starving. I think that's what he's saying. In other words, he's telling you, Rabbi Huda holds, that on Shabbos you eat less than in the weekday. In the weekday, you don't care about how many Shudas you eat because you want to be satiated and you go weiter. But on Shabbos you eat less. That's what he holds. In other words, the bottom line is he's saying that there's a kula here. Go by the lesser suda, which is called Shabbos, versus the weekday suda, which is more. And that's what the Mishnah says, v'zeh v'zeh, At the end of the day, if you think about it, they're both trying to make it easier. We're talking about an Erev. Erev is always lakula. Great. Rabbi Yoichanon ben Breko Oh, here starts the fun stuff. 
Wow. Okay. Says Rebbe Yehuda but it only lasts until the bottom of the page. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll lie like that. Okay. Mikikor bepudyoin midalit soim besal. Just to read it is difficult, but it's 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 okay. It goes like this. How much he argues on Rebbe Yehuda? Rebbe Yehuda say it's a meal, Shabbos meal, weekday meal. Fine. They say no. We're going to have two sheets. I'll tell you exactly how much it is. It's a bread. It's a loaf of bread that I buy. It costs, a half, it's, it's a, the size of a half a kav. I'll just show you real quickly what I did here. It's just simple, simple stuff. So we don't have to, if you want to do the whole cheshmer, you could look in Rashi, the whole cheshmer. The bottom line is, it's a half a kav bread. A kav is a measurement, it's a half a kav. That he bought for one pudyon. Okay, a pudyon. In one cellar, you have 48 pudyons. In other words, it's a 48th of a cellar. So it's very simple. With a cellar, you could buy, at that time, it, it, how much could you buy with a cellar? Okay, it, it was when the market was exactly this. That what? For one cellar, you could buy four saw, which a pudyon is 148th, okay. And you could buy with a cellar four saw. That's how much wheat you could buy. And that equals 24 kav, or to make it simpler, 48 half kavs, right? 24 kav equals 48 half kav. So if I want to know what do I, what could I buy with one pudyon? One pudyon is 148th of a cellar, and for one cellar I could buy 48 half kavs. So in other words, one pudyon I could buy a half a kav of bread. That is a shear of two sudas. That kind of bread, a half a kav bread, great. Not a big deal. So let's see it inside. Mikikor bepudyon, where I could buy a loaf of bread with one pudyon. Midalid soin besela, when I could buy with one sela four saw of wheat. Okay. Reb Shimon Oimer, Reb Shimon says it differently. Shtei yodos, it's two thirds likikar. I could buy two thirds of a bread. Mishalosh lekav. It's just the language is very difficult. I can make from one kav three breads, and I'm going to use. That's what he says. Mishalosh lekav. Mishalosh lekav means three breads from one kav. But how much of bread, how much bread am I eating in two sudas? I'm not eating three breads, I'm not eating sugar. So what am I eating in two meals? Two-thirds of one bread. And I can have this three breads in a kav. Okay? So this is your two sudas. Two-thirds of one bread. Now, once I know that, says Reb Shemin, Chetzio lebeis hamenugo. One-sixth of a kav is for the base HaMenuga. So that's a very interesting halacha. We mentioned it a few times. Here's a half a bread. Base HaMenuga is, if a person walks into a house, I didn't print the picture, there's tzaras in a house. The wall has a nega. Nega tzaras. Kain says, it's tame. You walk into the house, you become tame. But what about your clothing? Depends how long you stay in the house. If you stay in the house enough time for you to eat a, a pras, which is a half a loaf of bread, then your begadim become tamay, toivel your begadim in the mikveh as well. What's a half a loaf of bread? Here, a half a bread. 
you can make three breads out of a kav, and a half of that one bread. A half of a half, in other words, in English, a quarter. So, psul, when a person becomes puzzle, is a term that we use when he's trying to eat truma. If he cannot eat truma, he's puzzle. He's not tome. So, if he eats tuma food, if a kain eats tuma food, food, how much food? A quarter of a loaf of bread. If he eats a quarter of a loaf of bread, now his body is not tummy, because you cannot become tummy from eating tummy food, but your body becomes puzzle. It cannot eat truma and kachim. Right? So that is the Mishnah. Should we do a few more minutes? Let's do a few more minutes. We'll get to Rabbi Yechim and Breka. The Gemara says, how much is two sudas? Didn't we just go through this? We just broke our head to understand. It's a bread that you bought for one pudyan. No, it's a two-thirds of one bread that you have three breads in a calf. So we already know. Oh, explains Rashi, according to Ramey and Yehuda, they say that it's a Sudan shop. No, it's a Sudan the weekday, whatever it is. But how much of the Sudan? What are you eating? Ikar is a farmer. So when a farmer goes out into his field, he brings sandwiches with him, whatever he brings. It's a small bread. He's not bringing the challah from a chassan with him. He's bringing like a, whatever fits into his little bag. So Mamela, two of those. Two breads from the place called Papiyasa. Rav Yosef told the son of Rava, who's also called Rav Yosef, and the Bach over here doesn't like that. Because Rav Yosef is asking him a question. What is he asking? How does your father hold? Now, why would Rav Yosef care what Rava holds. Rava is Rav Yosef's Talmud. It's also possible, I didn't, I didn't go through this because I'm not very good at it, I have to ask my Chavrusa or my father, but you guys could figure it out. Maybe the Bach understood that Rava was Nifter after Rav Yosef, because Rav Yosef only lived, you know, that he was the Rosh for two and a half years, and then he was Nifter. It's most likely that Rava lived after Rav Yosef, and you probably could prove it from different Gemaras. So that's why he knew that when he's asking Rav's son, it can't be Rav's son. Rav Yosef probably wasn't alive. But anyways, let, let's just go to the Pashab Shah. Why would Rav Yosef ask Rava? He doesn't ask Rava. All, all through Shas, Rava always asks Rav Yosef. What's Pshat? Rav Yosef doesn't ask Rava. Says the Gemara, So his son whips it out right away. So it makes more sense, the Bach says. It's Rabba. Rabba and Rav Yosef. They were contemporaries. Rabbi, famous Rabba and Rav Yosef. And that's why, you know, throughout Shas, they, they switch, Rabbi and Rabbi, Rabbi and Rabbi. Great. That what? We go based on a weekday meal. I also hold that you go on a weekday meal, because if you go by a Shabbos meal, and Rabbi Huda holds that on Shabbos you eat less, and everybody's probably thinking to themselves, well, who in the world eats less on Shabbos? That's what the Gemara says here. There's a famous saying, there's always room for dessert. Now, there's always room for dessert, but you're not stuffed. If on Shabbos you don't eat as much as during the weekday, why would they say this saying about Shabbos? Obviously, 
Shabbos eat more than the weekday, and that's why I, Rav Yosef, hold, like Rameir, that we go, we base it on the weekday Suda, which is less than the Shabbos Suda. Rav have a wonderful day. Oh, I want to ask everybody, what do you guys think? Stop in general, I'm curious, what you guys, what's the halacha, binaget to a streak? Now, there's no streaks in Yiddishkeit, but if I'm going for a streak, let, let's just say I want to keep up my streak. Does this shear help as if I gave shear on Friday because people are going to watch it on Friday? Or I have to sit down in the base medrash and give a shear. It's good? Somebody unmute everybody because shear is over. You're just saying it to make me feel good? Because uh, what's going to happen is... Hold on, what does Matisio Steinberg have to say about this? The what? It's about the Yoimi. It's about the Yoimi. has to be on Friday also. I hear that. I'm very chayshed. It's going gonna, it's gonna to show, it's the Yoimi, it's going to show in Eretz Yisrael on Friday. But I didn't say it on Friday. Oh, it's already Friday in Eretz Yisrael. You're saying good. Wait a minute, he's saying good. He's saying good. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, 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 wow. I might have to get up there and just give a sheer. All right, boy, say if you're in America, not if you're if you're in America. Well, what time will like? No, that's cutting it close. I'll, I'll give you know what? I'll give a shear in the taxi, but we won't record it. And Shalom Yisrael, that's that's what we'll have to do. Yeah. Michael Austin, I wanted to thank you for changing this year to three o'clock. I landed at two fifty, and I was in the car at three something. And first live shear in the car. I wanted to thank you for changing the time for me. You see, there's always somebody. Thanks, Michael. Thanks. There's always somebody that will be better for him. I, I <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the one I called, what did I call him? I didn't call him Jonathan. I called him uh, yeah, Justine. <laughs> is that going to be the joke in the family now? In my family, that is his new name. I need a pack. And Be'ezer Hashem. Oh, I think the cat wants to say hello to everybody. Wow, Baruch Hashem, for the last week, we didn't have any tzars with him, but it's the middle of the day. Come here, come here. Uh, Namur, come here. Say, say, say goodbye to everybody. Oh, here he is. Here he is. Come. Meshuggah, come here. Come here. Come here. I sold my son with the house. Whether the cat comes with the house, I don't know. Hold on, let me let me turn off YouTube for a second. Oh no, maybe maybe on YouTube they're gonna to want to see. Come, come. come no more.
You don't know Mitch? Oi, vavoi. Look, he's biting. You see this? Oi, vei. Oi,